you the latest thinking and developments from the international B2B marketing space, this is BBN Mixtape. And mixing it up for us today is Anol Bhattacharya. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of BBN Mixtape. We are going to discuss today account-based marketing. Now, over 95% of marketing-generated leads in B2B never yield sales results. In any other profession, 95% failure rate will be completely unacceptable. But in B2B marketing, under the pretense of vague, largely unmeasurable words like brand value, awareness, goodwill, B2B marketers and agencies get away with it. Especially in a post-pandemic era when marketing budget is slashed, I will take a step further and say ABM is the only way to move forward for most of the companies, for new leads and retaining existing clients. Today, our guest is Andrew Hossiger, co-founder and CEO of Greenhat, a marketing consulting agency specializing in B2B headquartered in Melbourne, Australia. Andrew is a public speaker, chairman of the B2B CMO Advisory Council for B2B Research, co-author of the annual B2B Marketing Research Report and member of various industry judging panels. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on all. So who you are, what you do, although I gave a potted biography, but yeah. you want to talk about uh, your company, Green Hat, and what you yep. guys do? Yeah, so just uh, an introduction for us is, uh, so as you say, we are, we are a B2B um, uh, agency. Um, we're the largest uh, B2B agency in Australia, New Zealand. Um, we work on or we provide services around strategy, content, creative, digital, and the topic today, ABM. Um, we have been around for a while. Um, in fact, our 20th anniversary at the end of this year, so uh, almost two decades. And we have um, we we work with global clients such as uh, Nestle, Thermo Fisher in the healthcare sector, Fujitsu, BMW, and um, and uh, local regional organisations such as uh, JB Hi-Fi, Myob uh, Technology One. Great, great. And 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 then that's that's a nice segue to that that uh, you've been around for two decades and we are seeing uh, uh, rethinking I will not say only resurgence rethinking around ABM in B two B marketing leaders' mind. So why do you think we are seeing this uh, resurgence in a new form and format right now? Yeah. So um, as you would well know, you know, there's uh, uh, people talk about account based marketing. Um, with a view that it's been around forever, um, but there's, there's certainly been there's certainly been a change, and I, I get a sense over the last couple of years um, that this uh, resurgent, if you like, around resurgence around account-based marketing is something similar to what we saw with automation ten years ago. So <laughs> if you remember, uh, you know, an organisation like Marketo, I think, was born in 2008. Not that you know, so a bit over ten years ago, 2009. Um, and there was a number of uh, market automation companies uh, um, being created, evolving at that time. And uh, we as B2B marketers were getting quite excited about the possibilities. I think we're going through um, sort of the uh, a next generation of transformation in B2B around account-based marketing. So why? Um, I think a few things. One is at the CMO level, 
there is certainly more pressure on CMOs and marketing leaders to make a more meaningful impact uh, within their organizations on the on the results of the business. And typically for marketing, it's about top line, not so much bottom line. So we are there to help with uh, growth, to work with the CRO and the heads of sales, et cetera, et cetera to help with growth. Um, um, in some areas, you know, that hasn't been done so well. And I think that CMOs um, have been driving, you know, vendors, agencies, you know, uh, technology companies to come up with better ways, more effective ways of targeting, um, removing the waste, particularly in advertising and getting a lot more targeted around how they can go after organizations. And so um, that's been the strategic driver. And um, out of that, we've seen certainly advances in technology platforms um, to help in this regard, uh, ABM platforms that really operate down the, through the spine from the up, up, up of the top of funnel, middle, bottom of funnel, and then data services to help uh, B2B marketers identify who's in market and who's not. So it's uh, we are now in a new era, era and, uh, and I would call it transformational. I think that, you know, I think you're alluding to this, that uh, uh, B2B organizations um, uh, are going to move to a position of being account-centric in most cases. Forrester talk about, you know, us dropping the term ABM over the next couple of years and talk about account centricity by yep. 2025. But I think that's already happening. We're thinking about... Um, building our capabilities around uh, accounts as opposed to leads. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I will pick up from there, for most of the companies, right, what you mentioned, ABM is right, oh. most of the companies. So how do you know that for my B2B organization, ABM is right or not? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a question we get asked quite a bit. Uh, and so uh, talk about sort of three main areas to help uh, an organization decide. Firstly, is what we call the timeline from uh, lead to revenue. So, um, if it's a if you're in a business in a B two B business where you have a short transaction time, uh, it may be ABM is not really right for you. So, if we had to put a number on it, I'll just call it out at six months. You know, if there's a lead to revenue time frame of a six month duration as a minimum, um, obviously some can be many years, of course. Then, um, then that's the first indicator. Second is around investment value. ABM's not uh, an inexpensive exercise, you really need to start to hone your resources and your investment around uh, around something like that. Um, you're only going to do that if there's going to be a reasonable return on that investment. So so here I'll call out a number, you know, so if the, the deal value is in the 100K, $100,000 plus mark, I mean, it's a generalization, but um, but that's that's a bit of an indicator for, uh, for us as well. And the other the other area is the buying party. So we're moving away from this idea of a single lead and moving to this uh, idea of a buying party. We know when there's bigger investments to be made, there's committees. And the client side, there's going to be a committee. A customer side, there's going to be a committee. Um, and we call that the buying party. So if you've got a buying party of potentially, you know, three plus people where there's a decision maker and there's influencers and recommenders, then if you put that, the mix of those three factors together, then you start to, um, for many B2B organizations, it starts to look like I need to be more account centric. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing I will add, Andrew, is uh, the revenue per unit of sales, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're selling, say, a software as a service where it's $20 per month kind of a thing, that might not be the uh, way to go, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, uh, which is also a very much a B2C type of selling, although it is consumers are B2B, but it is more of a transactional settings. 
I think three of your point kind of covered that. So mm. now let's move into that. Like if I take, if you are talking to a marketers who never ventured into ABM and uh, they are looking at their business as usual, B2B marketing, what is the change of mindset or what is the difference in yeah. ABM and the business as usual B2B marketing? Yeah, uh, yeah, because you could, in some ways you could sit back and hear about ABM and say, well, isn't that what we're doing already? You know, so because we have segmentation in B2B, you know, often in B2B, we'll segment by industries, um, you know, there'll be uh, micro segments or macro segments. But, you know, there's um, there is there is some of that logic that uh, certainly applies to ABM. So, you know, the question, well, you know, what is different about it? So a couple of things. One is um, uh, ABM uh, uh, requires a few things. One is being having a data strategy and being. Uh, data driven. And we all like to think that we're data driven, but um, at the end of the day, I, I don't think many B two B organisations really organise themselves around their 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 communications and their engagement um, around the data that they are collecting on the, the customer. So, a we need a strategy to say what is the data that's important, and b how are we going to actually use use that to help drive a result. We talk about the orchestration organization of that data through the funnel. So the data that I pick up through my display, how am I actually using that to engage through my nurture and maybe my chat? And certainly how am I passing that? What am I passing through to the, uh, to the you know, the sales organization? Um, a second part is, and, and related to that data is, I have what's called my first party data, which is what I collect. So if I've got automation wrapped around my website and someone engages with pages or content, my automation system is picking that up. Um, ideally, and that's what we call first party, first party uh, intent data. Um, uh, and ideally, I'm organizing that information to, you know, I'm running some lead scoring and so on, and I'm trying to organize that information to work out who, you know, what's my, you know, next best action and how I respond. So I'm using that first pass data. And then I'm trying to get some scoring around the relevance of that. And is this person, you know, where are they in the funnel and so on. So that's first part. Um, the the other uh, I guess new element that's come out over the last couple of years is third party data. So it's that data that's not related to um, the consumption of your content, your website, but it's the activities that your future customers are having on the web. So what other websites are they visiting that would be relevant? What type of content that they're visiting would be relevant? Um, we've had a problem in this region. Um, you know, a few years back where the quality of that data wasn't there, you know. But um, as I said a bit earlier, the data services providers have started to do more work in this space um, and we're seeing better match rates. We're seeing, uh, you know, uh, more um, intent. You've got intent graded in different ways, but better information coming through on intent. And that's really important because we want an intent tells us if uh, they're consuming content that's relevant to a solution that I provide, that's showing some intent to buy something. If they're consuming content um, that's related to a competitor or a competitor's product, that's telling me that they're potentially in the market and it could be, you know, I, I need to be thinking about how I would engage. So I've got this whole data thing going on. And then this other really important part is about um, alignment between sales and marketing. Generally, sales and marketing is in many cases is broken in B2B organizations. There just isn't, they are not taking, um, making the most of the opportunity um, to, you know, unify their actions. Um, if, if you can't get sales and marketing to work in a collaborative, 
regular cadence together in an organization. Don't even entertain starting an ABM engagement. <laughs> that will be a waste of your investment. The two need to work together. So, um, so now what's different? Um, ABM it actually drives the narrative because ABM now is opportunity for marketing to go to sales. I want to go and I want to work with you to target your top five accounts, your top 100 accounts, even your top 500 accounts. You know, so um, it's a different conversation. So, you know, and then obviously the salespeople always looking for assistance to be more competitive should be taking marking up on that. And that's where we, we see a change of behavior and we look for a really tight, you know, collaboration. So there is certainly a difference in the approach. It is transformational. You know, there's work to be done to get it to happen. Uh, There's so much things to unpack here, uh, Andrew. So let's let's uh, go through one by one. And definitely I want to go into the sales and marketing part um, yeah. a little bit. But before that, about the intent data. Now, there are two types of intent data, right? One is from coming from the large data co-ops like Bambora and uh, Demandbase and etc. And another type of third-party data is the publication, trade journal publication, like for in us in IT, uh, it is like say IDG or TechTarget or something like that, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. But there is a problem happening that uh, like, you know, Google is trying to uh, get rid of the third-party cookies in Chrome. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that challenge is uh, coming on the horizon. So we have to look yeah. at what you mentioned first, that how to get our own ducks in a row, that the first party data collection and analysis has to be uh, much more, we have to up the game much more. Uh, in, Correct, in, I yeah. agree, exactly. So um, that's one, but let's let's come to that uh, sales and marketing. And this is the, I think the biggest problem is, uh, we called it ABM, account-based marketing, and that kind of created a divide itself. But if I just take out the semantics out of it, um, I think this is a very, very crucial part. And I, I although, although we, we had a discussion about what we are going to discuss, but I wanted to ask you this, that uh, many times I see marketers are kind of uh, struggling with this account selection process without getting sales involved. And, and to me, it kind of a recipe of disaster to start with. What do you think about that? Um. Yes, recipe for disaster, correct, tick in the box. <laughs> because, you know, for marketing to come in and say to sales, hey, we're going to run this campaign and we pick these accounts and, you know, <laughs> we want you to support us. You know, I mean, sales, B2B salespeople don't like those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely not. So, uh, so uh, it's a good question. So it is one of the starting points here with setting up your ABM program is you start, I mean, you, you start with your goals and, objectives, but the key part is your audience. Mm -hmm. um, who are you going to target? Um, and we can talk a bit about those three different models here about one to one, one to few, one to many as to how you set that up. But at least let's just talk about the uh, the targeting. Um, uh, it's uh, a, a logical starting point for the marketing to go to sales and say, look, we want to be a lot more targeted. We want to uh, find those accounts that we're going to invest two times, three times over the others. Uh, if not more, uh, and work with you on those. And we we've got to make sure we select the right accounts here, because there we're gonna we're gonna be making more investment. Um, so then that's an opportunity for the sales organisation to you know if they're a switched on sales organisation, they will have a view. Um, firstly, there should be an, an ICP, an ideal customer profile that has been agreed already. You'd be surprised how many 
organizations don't have that, but let's say, you know, so we have an ideal customer profile. The accounts that are going to be targeted should be sitting in there, um, typically the tier ones. Um, you know, the way it can work, they come to marketing, they put them on the table. Now, marketing has a role here to assist in the validation um, and the um, uh, enhancement uh, of, of those accounts. And what I mean by that is, um, Marketing has, uh, can do things such as, we just talked about intent. Marketing can run some intent services just to see um, what the intent is, is, is showing for those accounts. And by the way, can do the same for lookalike accounts. Yeah. You've got an ICP, I can go into this idea of lookalikes. So, you know, and the ICP might be these industry, this size organization, these geographies, these technographics, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, um, so marketing should be able to, should be coming back and saying, hey, You've given us 100 accounts. You know, we've done some research to help validate that. And we're recommending these 10 accounts come off the list based on our research and the intent um, and other things that we've done. But, hey, we've got another 30 that we think should come on. And that's a really, you know, should be a very, you know, collaborative conversation to come up with that, uh, with, with what that looks like. I will finally say on that is that... Um, there is, when we look at the one-to-one -one models, which is what's been traditional in ABM. So most B2B companies you go and talk to now and say, hey, are you interested, are you doing ABM? Are you interested in looking, you know, what are your plans? They'll be talking about um, the one-to-one -one where they've picked three accounts, or they've picked five, they might even have one, um, that they're, they're, te they're hooking a marketing person and a sales person or sales team together um, to collaborate, and there's a lot of sort of manual activity going on. There's, we're going to write a white paper for that account. Uh, we're going to do just research for that account. We're going to run a roundtable just for the executives of that account, and they're they're all good things to do. That's the more traditional model that people are familiar with. As we move to one to few, where now I could be talking about 100 accounts, 200, or I move into one to one to many, or where I could be talking 500 to 1,000 accounts. I start to I widen up that funnel at the top here. I don't necessarily want to be over-prescriptive. I'm talking about one-to-many. I'm now talking about my ICP. I want to bring those accounts in. Um, and where I'm bringing my ABM activity is when they come in and these accounts are showing interest, they're in market, they fit into my ICP, they're a lookalike to other accounts that I've already nominated, then I start to apply some of my ABM principles um, where I'm going to get become uh, – personalization is a big part, right? So I'm now going to start to be more personalized. I was less personalized up the top. Um, now I'm going to become more personalized and I'm going to think about now how and at what point I'm going to feed that account into the account team with the message to say, this account fits our ICP and we've detected that this, this account is in market for these reasons. And so maybe they weren't on the list in the target account list, but uh, as we've agreed, we're, we, we can still target the target account list and these lookalikes a high propensity to buy, so we need to have a strategy for that as well. So it's a bit of a long answer to your question, but there's a no, few things. It, no, I think it is absolutely fabulous answer because another thing um, I believe that we often get wrong, B2B marketing uh, in a general, that uh, ABM sits as a separate entity from the all other marketing activity. So what you just described, it's how that kind of bridged a gap between these yeah. two also. So yeah. uh, that we, we talked about like recipe for failure, like that's let's talk, continue that conversation that we have seen uh, many organizations drank the Kool-Aid of ABM, went full ahead, head on, and then failed completely. Um, 
Now, definition of failure is diff different for different cases, but generally speaking, it's a failure. So what are the basic things that get wrong or what the things need to be done right to get an ABM successful? Yeah, um, so the, the actual secret sauce we think is in, it's that first 12 months after you've launched your program. It's how marketing and sales work together, or really it's how marketing supports sales. Uh, for organizations that are serious about ABM, they should have an ABM program manager. They should have somebody in their organization who is, has that responsibility to drive the cadence of success with the sales team. So, so, um, so a, a good starting point for success is to look at the look at the end of the actual process that's occurring on a weekly and monthly basis. And the end of that is we, we talk about account feed and account view. Account feed is feeding information to the sales organization on a regular, like almost like a social feed around the activity. It's almost real time into an account view. And the account view is an agreed dashboard with the information that firstly, um, we have two types. You've got a summary and a detail. So a summary would be if I'm a uh, if I'm an account if I'm a sales team of an SDR, you know the inside guy, and an account executive, the outside guy, and there's two of us, and we've got 20 accounts. I need to have a view. You know, I'm sitting down on a Monday morning. Uh, we're sitting together. We've got 20 accounts. We're looking at the high level data as to what's happened with these 20 accounts with respect to engagement over the last week or whatever. Hopefully it's, you know, a regular basis they're having these meetings. And then they say, okay, hey, it looks like that the uh, FIT score or, you know, that account score uh, is rising for this account. Or it looks like another one of the buying party has come into this account. You know, I click through and I come into a bit more of a detailed view. That information that we are providing, marketing is providing the sales organization can seriously provide our sales team with a competitive advantage over the next sales team because they're getting they're getting a view um, right up through you know how people are in, um, how how many of this buying party and these accounts we are reaching through our display how many we've retargeted um, um, and and more importantly how many are engaged so so the secret the secret source is really it's what we are how we are um, supporting that cadence and then how we drive that. What we don't want to have happen is go to the work of setting this up and then the salespeople losing interest. It's not going to, it's not going to change the world in a, in a quarter, right? So it, it's going to need, you know, some ongoing, you know, ongoing uh, work. The marketing ABM program, the marketing people should be coming in and out of those conversations. What's working, what's not, what more information do you need? Um, um, you know, what sort of engagement are we having? Um, and the other important part is make sure we've got the right goals in place, particularly for the SDR. I haven't mentioned the SDR. There's really three key teams here. We've got the marketing team. We've got this inside sales SDR, BDR team, and we've got our answer. This SDR, BDR team becomes really important. They're, they're, the, guys, uh, they're the guys taking this information, and they've got to be trained up to how am I going to use this? And they're, by the way, their compensation plan better line up with what the organization is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So... So I'd call that out as a key part and then just the general orchestration of the data through the, the funnel and the integration of the MarTech around that as well is really important. Yeah. So we already started talking about the dashboard. So that's a natural segue that how do we measure success in ABM? Yeah. So um, firstly, 
not by leads. We're not. We're less interested in uh, one MQL for, um, making its way deep into the. Uh, let me say it another way. Um, the question is, am I in an ABM program more interested in one MQL becoming a, an opportunity or am I more interested in three of the buying party um, being engaged at the top? And the answer is the second, um, because clearly in larger organisations, in, in, uh, where we're looking at these bigger deals, there's going to be committees, right? And part, part of the problem we've had in B2B is the invisible member of a committee, <laughs> often could be a CFO, for example, who doesn't sign the cheque for whatever reason, or doesn't sign our check, they sign someone else's check, so they haven't been engaged. So so a measurement is, um, so, you know, we're looking at engagement um, and this and, and that's across, you know, the buying party, what content, so we're looking at measurement, uh, engagement. Um, and the other key thing is obviously the opportunities that are healthy enough for the sales, that sales team to pursue. So not rocket science there, but now we're looking at opportunities that we're looking at things at an account level as opposed to an in, uh, individual level. And at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, um, we, we at the start of programs, we should be sitting sitting down and saying, what's some, what are the benchmarks that we should be putting in place around these things, um, and then making sure we've got the, uh, the the tracking mechanisms in place to measure it. So, I'll, I'll give you an example of a uh, of a, an organisation. There's a an organisation, the global company in the three D. Uh, gaming, they're leaders in the free 3D gaming platform space, uh, Unity Technology. So when they, uh, they've been pushing ABM now for a few years, they've got to target certain industries and so on. Key things that they wanted to do is firstly, they wanted to penetrate the enterprise marketplace. So they set their reporting up around um, what we we need to influence, um, we need to influence uh, opportunities in enterprise and we need to source. And without calling out their particular percentages, both those numbers have been rising over the last couple of, uh, couple of years. Other interesting things that they wanted to measure was deal size. So they, they expected and they did, the, the, the AAR, the average recurring revenue of the deals went up you know, 32% in the, over the two year period. So that's goodness. The other thing you wanna measure is velocity. I, wanna, I want these deals to happen faster. So the logic is that if I'm really focusing on my, and we haven't talked much about personalization, but I'm personalizing, content and uh, I'm automating some of this personalization and I've got account teams like an SDR and an AE focused on that account, I expect the velocity to be faster. I expect instead of it taking nine months, it, it should take six. We're doing more to engage that that audience. So I've called out a few things there around measurement. There's lots of things to measure. I would certainly say at the start of these programs, um, uh, don't try and measure too much. You know, just Get, get some key fundamental numbers. Look at what the business is asking of marketing uh, and, then, um, and then translate that into your top, you know, two or three or four key metrics. That's great, Andrew. And, and, and time just flew by and uh, no. it feels like we just scratched the surface. So here, right. here is my, uh, my uh, request to you. So let's, uh, we are reaching the time limit for this yeah, podcast sure. episode. So we have to end this, but I will. I would like to ask you that. Let's um, please come back uh, sometime very soon, uh, and let's continue this journey on ABM. I think we have so much more things to discuss. Certainly do. Lovely right. talking to you all, and uh, thanks for um, thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, Andrew, for sharing some great insights on ABM with our listeners today. Uh, that's all for today, folks. Until the next episode, stay safe and happy marketing. BBN Mixtape is a production of BBN. 
Subscribe from your favorite podcatcher for episode transcripts, links, and more. If you like this show, give us a nice five-star rating. It's how you can help more marketers find us. Thank you, and we will talk in the next episode.